are sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content scoop, apparently. No paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it for free in the App Store. Hello there. Hello there. How are you? I'm great. How are you? You have big Keanu Reeves energy at the Thank moment. You. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's my middle part. <laughs> it is. It's your long, beautiful middle part. <laughs> uh, the fact that you're America's favorite male actor. <laughs> I'm in Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, I'm not. I wish you were. <laughs> I'd only buy that game if you were in it. Oh. Yeah. So I'm not going to play because you're Dang. not in it. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to buy it because they've had a lot of like shit yeah you know? <laughs> uh, i mean if i do buy it it'll be for like three bucks on sale hell yeah a couple years from now i don't know hell yeah but we're not here to talk about cyberpunk 77 <laughs> no surprisingly i know that this is a gaming podcast this is a gaming podcast <laughs> but we're also going to talk about desperate housewives whoa, whoa. um i am into season three so far in a lot so of ways I. there's some things that are annoying me season two <gasps> we're in season two yeah. episode three yes that's where i got messed up <laughs> uh but we're talking about season two episode three we're wisteria gays by the way i always oh, forget yeah. to say the name of our podcast eh. that's who we are my name's <laughs> i McKin- guess it's important <laughs> my name's Mackenzie. my name's liz whoa we never do that who knows we're running a podcast yeah we can do whatever we want hell yeah because it's <laughs> our show <laughs> and not yours um that's not ours but whatever um <laughs> Do, should we just jump into in, into the vibes of my little pre-show notes yeah, for yeah, yeah, season yeah. two, episode oh, three? Well, well, how was your day? Uh, it was good. It was good. I got to film a little something with my best friend Liz. <gasps> oh my god, I got to film something with my best friend Mackenzie. Oh my gosh, I wonder if some certain d- levels of patrons will be able to see that. I suppose they'll have to go to uh, patreon.com slash wisteria gaze and subscribe to find out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and so, but maybe maybe you'll see that yeah. if you're a Detective Hoops patron. <laughs> I self-promo at the top <laughs> of the show. But that's really all I did today, yeah. so... Hell yeah. I did some work, but that's nice. Way to work go. With, by, and, but I'm still unemployed. Hell yeah. <laughs> we love an unemployed working king. Yeah. <laughs> so season two, episode three is a titled, You'll Never Get Away From Me. <gasps> this episode premiered October 9th, 2005, and was written by Tom Speziali and Ellie Herman, Ooh. who was a new name I hadn't heard before. And I looked her up and she's written for TV, but she's also just mostly a high school teacher in Los Angeles. Aren't we all? She's just like a high school teacher <laughs> who I guess kind of writes for TV. Yeah, I'm a teacher, but I'm a screenwriter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was directed by Arlene Sanford, who did the Brady movies. So we love her. Hell yeah. And for hashtag Sondheim Watch, the name of this episode comes from the musical Gypsy, mm. uh, which Sondheim wrote the lyrics for, I guess. I didn't realize he was a part of that. Because oh, I just I. don't think of that as a Sondheim show. But no. uh, I like that musical. It's a pretty fun one. It's the song that uh, Mama Rose and Herbie sang together when they're like, ah, oh, we love each other, but <laughs> we're unhealthy. I only know Rose's turn. Oh, is it from Glee? That and I just I like just know that song. I just know that the Patty Lapone when she had like that big thing that happened where yeah. she was on their phone and she stopped the number, she screamed at them, and then she restarted the number. And I remember like watching the video. I mean, I think there's only audio of it on YouTube. There's not an actual video, That's still but like good, though. the audience like fucking cheers when she just. <laughs> 
eats the shit out of that person. I love that. Uh, it's a pretty fun musical. Mm-hmm. I mean, the name is problematic, but it's also the name of the person who the play is about. Um, but it's a pretty cool musical. Yeah. You know, if you like shows. Did you know that the real life, we're getting into some weird stuff. The <laughs> real Mama Rose was like maybe some like wild lesbian. who Ooh. She ran a motel for like. I don't know. Like she ran a motel and then like her lover lived there with her and then she killed somebody in the hotel. Like Mama Rose was a murderer. Vaguely familiar. Yeah. So this is after the events of the musical, but (laughs) she like later in life, like, I don't know, ran a hotel with her lesbian lover and then like killed a man. Oh, wow. Wild. I can't believe that's our next podcast. I know. <laughs> uh, true crime, but it's only that. It's only that. We have one episode. Um, well, we should talk about Desperate Housewives. I, I keep getting off track can't. today. I'm so sorry. Do you want to talk about how we open? Yeah. Um, my first note is Phyllis Leave Me Alone Challenge. <sighs> I hate because her. Because we see her again. I am tired. Um, Phyllis and Bree are walking through the cemetery, mm-hmm. and there's a little... Uh, Mary Alice monologue talking about how uh, Brie has always noticed that Phyllis has been having lapses of memory within the past couple years. Um, And I was suspicious of this um, (laughs) just because the circumstances with the memories are just like Brie having a pin that she forgot to take out of a dress she was sewing. Brie um, stubbing her toe. I don't remember the second one. It was like sitting on a wet chair. Oh yeah. uh, Wet paint. uh, Yes. Wet paint. And then the last one was her just like falling because Phyllis was like, Oh, I forgot to tell you I'm up the floor. You know, that video of that person who runs into the kitchen and breaks the glass in the, um, that's Brie. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, but it was a classic triple flashback. I feel like this show likes to do a, here is some circumstances. And then did you know that comedy comes in threes? (laughs) I learned that in comedy school. That's Um, what the, uh, the teacher came and said, she was like, I'm a teacher. I I know. I took a couple classes at second city. Uh, (laughs) Comedy comes in threes. So Um, every episode we will do a triple flashback mm -hmm. and it will hit every time. Every time. (laughs) Um, but basically that's the opening monologue. And then Bree straight up, asks like oh when are you leaving phyllis um when are you leaving yeah and phyllis is just like i don't know we'll just like we'll test the we'll waters. play it by we'll ear play it by ear and uh they go to rex's grave and he got dug up that was shocking i like actually was wa- like holy fucking shit i was shaking my head <laughs> oh no then fucking phyllis is like who would oh well there was an insurance investigator who um thinks you killed him i guess i just forgot to mention that weird brie and then brie is realized she doesn't have alzheimer's no she's she's just just a bitch (laughs) she's just awful i hate phyllis i am so ready for her to go i hope she leaves soon oh you must love the later part of this episode (laughs) because i do spoiler (laughs) spoiler Um, and then we have the opening credits and then we come back to see, uh, these little girls. I was, I wrote in depth what these girls were doing, assuming they would be prominent to the episode. And then they weren't at all. I wrote 4347. I wrote the address. Yeah. I I wrote the the girls' name. Me too. 
Um, and then they did not matter at all. No. These little girls are playing um, tea, party. tea party. And I guess it's it's more to be like little girls like to imagine things. They're fantasies. Ooh. And I was so scared because I did not realize that what we, we saw right after was a dream sequence at first. So did, yes. And I literally was like, the girls are playing. We panned to Gabby looking out the window and wanting to fuck John when she just kicked him out of the house. Yeah. I was so confused. And then I realized I, it was a dream sequence. I wrote in my notes, please let this be a daydream. Thank God. Thank God it was a daydream. Um, but it was kind of like a gross joke that they did. Yeah. Because like in, it, instead of it being John, it is like a new like Ralph. Uh, he seems Ralph, nice. He seems nice. They but body like, shamed Ralph. They body shamed and Ralph. Kind of gross. Because Ralph seems like a good guy. Because yeah. she walks out after after waking up from her daydream, being disappointed that she sees not John. She goes driving or. or shopping or whatever yeah. and ralph was like hi mrs solis hope you're having a good day i was like can't believe this is my little king and mm-hmm. gabby's being shitty to him and then we find out that gabby goes almost every day oh and fucking God. pulls a george not to the extent oh. that george is no but she just watches him just watches him mow other people's lawns and i'm like didn't you just kicked him out of the house and you told him you didn't want to be with him so I'm confused. I feel like with Gabby and John. flopping. It's only been oh. three episodes, but they're flip-flopping so much. And they've been flip-flopping since the first season. Constantly with Gabby and John. And I literally said, why can't she find literally any other guy? I don't even care at this point either. I just want them to be either broken up or together. Like, yeah. I, don't, I just, I hate how it seems like one episode makes a decision. Like, they've broken up. And then the very next episode, it's like that last episode never happened. Yeah. That's just frustrating for me as an audience member because... I honestly don't care if they're together or apart. I just want it to be like set in either direction. Yeah, no, I understand. What and you're it just saying. feels like, yeah, every other episode they switch back and forth between John and, and Gabby dating and not. And it's just very confusing. I, I feel like, and I'll talk about it later. They're being just so repetitive with Gabby mm-hmm. that I want Gabby to have something else to do. And it's like, it's because I like her. I yeah. like Gabby this season. I just want her to do anything else. And I know it's like only episode three. Yeah. So there is potential for uh, Gabby to not get like stuck in this rut. I hope so. But I mean, like three episodes in and we're just getting kind of the same thing over and over and again. And same with her and Carlos, which we'll yeah. talk about. Like it's the same which is scenes every time time yeah i just want gabby to do, have something more to I do know. yeah but for now we cut to susan uh she's like watching edie's house like a psycho and she is steaming um and then mike comes over and he's like hey susan what's going on because she's doing her power walk yeah it's like she looks at her watch and then decides i'm going over yeah and, and I, yeah i liked mike in this scene yeah because mike was being very reasonable because susan was saying that julie was 15 minutes late coming home she's supposed to be home at six uh when it's carl's weekend with her mm-hmm. um and mike is just like he's advocating for them he's like you know she's just a little late susan yeah like give him a grace period like yeah. they're probably just caught up with something also like if at 6 p.m i would be like maybe she's eating dinner like she also lives on the same street now you know like it's not like there's far to go susan's just trying to be a bitch and we find out that as she's walking it's less that she's mad at carl but more she doesn't want julie hanging out with edie uh, mm-hmm. because god knows what edie's doing sexes and porns and drugs and orgies and it's just like i don't know i don't i just i wrote She's so fucking judgmental to Edie. Like, of, yes, Edie likes sex. That's one of the things. Yeah. That, and she like she fights with Susan. But, like, I think that also she's, like, an intelligent human being who knows how to act with a child. Yeah. She's not going to well, see a 16-year-old and be like, oh, I want to talk about 
dicks and drugs like yeah Edie knows how to act as a pr- i think that like they're susan's acting like Edie doesn't know how to be a human being like she's when, a real estate agent yeah Edie is a human being yeah and it's just i don't know it's sad i like that mike is advocating and mike's being yeah. like i think that it's fine like you need to chill out mm-hmm. um but susan goes over and through the window and i keyboard smashed when i saw this because i thought it was the most <laughs> hilarious fucking shit it was funny i thought I, it was cute actually um so you look through the window and it's Edie playing a black acoustic guitar with Queen. her p- vibrant pink like cast. Uh, Julie singing this little light of mine and uh, her beautiful voice. Carl videotaping. Can I say something very quickly that I just noticed? What's up? So whenever I was trying to type in, um, this is a slight spoiler. George is in this episode. Yes. Um, whenever I was typing George, I kept accidentally typing Rex. Here, my actual note says, Edie playing acoustic guitar while Rex tapes Julie. I don't know why Rex was in my Rex brain today. Rex is in your mind because he's his little king and we miss yeah. him. Maybe you just miss him extra this time. But that is the one Rex that I missed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually wrote that I thought it was kind of cute. It is. Like, I was like, they look like a happy family unit. Like, this is like one of the only times I feel like I've seen Carl and Edie look genuinely happy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, obviously, like, we don't see them as much as we see the other characters. But, like, Julie looks happy. They, I, I loved Mike being like, um, uh, I'm sure they just saw us coming or something. Yeah. Definitely being smug, being, like, sort of rubbing it in Susan's face of, like, yeah. they're just having a good time. And it's fine. And Julie's voice sounds beautiful. I love Julie. Oh, I love her so much. Julie. Then we cut to Lynette is home. I guess the twins are at boarding school. Or I something. guess, yeah, because uh, they're not. They haven't been around for three episodes. They've really been um, gone. And Lynette basically tells Parker that Papa Tom has to take him to school tomorrow. Yeah, and he seems really um, upset about that. He's a little mama's boy. Yeah, he wanted mom to take him. I also wrote Tom looks hot here. I, I didn't say that. You didn't see me in my notes. <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. He was me. a little scraggly. Maybe that's why you I thought like he was a scraggly hot. Boy. I do like a scraggly boy. I don't know. He just he had like this little t-shirt, little scruff. He had this little chain that was going underneath his t-shirt, and I was like, why does Tom look hot to me? <laughs> and also, he wasn't annoying this episode. He was. He was like very supportive and a good dad this episode. And I was yeah. like, wow, when you're like a good person, I think you're attractive. <laughs> Wild how that works out. So I just wanted to say that was the first and not the last time I pointed out in my notes that I found Tom attractive <laughs> weirdly in this episode um but the scene basically ends with parker guilting her and her being like well not really guilting he's just really sad because yeah. he really wanted his mom to be there but lynette feels guilty so she says i'll talk to my boss yeah my parent phobic boss parent phobic <laughs> boss nina i said oof that's not gonna go well and i was mm-hmm. right um ish but and tom well tom was like he just played you and she was like whatever i want you know i yeah. wanted to be played i want to take him like lynette wants to be there is yeah. the thing and then we cut to the investigator's office and uh it seems like brie went there to get some information on why they dug rex up and he's like they want to do an autopsy and brie is pretty shocked by that information and he kind of refuses to give her any more and she pretty quickly is like oh Phyllis is the one who's throwing me under the bus. Did you speak yeah. to her? You shouldn't speak to her. I loved my husband. Blah, 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 blah. Like she just sort of like, I didn't write it down a lot of the notes more so that just, she kind of quickly figures out that Phyllis yeah. is why they are now. I feel so sad. Cause it's like, there's this 
line that she says when she's talking to the the detective where she's like listen like i loved him like i was incapable of actually like hurting him yeah and he just like doesn't believe her what if she was like (laughs) he wanted me to spank him and i just i I couldn't i couldn't even (laughs) do that I wish that was her defense. Uh, and the way she fucking storms out of the detective's office, she's like, I'll give you a statement if you want a statement. Your mother did a lousy job. <laughs> yeah, and she just storms out. She's mad that they would even assume that she would have any hand in Rex's death. And then we quickly cut back to the Vandekamp house. Mm-hmm. Phyllis is shambling like a fucking zombie down the stairs. Uh, don't even talk to me before I had my morning coffee. Oh, Phyllis <laughs> is one of those girls. Yeah. Uh, so she is one of those people who are useless before coffee. So while she's downstairs, Bree sneaks upstairs and packs all of Phyllis's shit in an instant. Queen shit. I wrote queen, queen Bree. Uh, we are, I, I am loving Bree this season so too. far. She's been like my favorite character this oh, season. Oh yeah. I am um, loving her. I'm loving her. Yeah. But essentially like Bree kicks Phyllis out. I hope she stays gone. Me I do not want too. Phyllis back. I want her gone. Me too. Um, um, Phyllis <laughs> waving outside of the cab is like, uh, you uh, should be guilty or you're guilty of something if you're doing this. Yeah. I hate Phyllis. I hope she doesn't come back, but yeah, I, know. I, I know realistically she might and I'm sad about it. But then we cut to the world's best couple, Carlos <laughs> and Gabby. Exa- I, okay. I say that as a joke. I, um, I didn't write any notes. I literally said, if he brings up this affair one more time, I'm going to die. I, and I said, I'm not even going to write about this scene because it's the same scene that has happened eight times already. Can I say something very quickly? Please. Say, episode it, s- say it slowly. Episode three of season one. Okay. I feel like we didn't like because that was Ashley and like it just kind of It was like, a weak episode. It was a weak episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that this is a weak episode because it builds. It builds. And I like it gets parts better. of it. Yeah. But I feel like it has the same kind of energy from us. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, because from this scene, ugh, I wrote it's Gabby and Carlos. It's their anniversary. She gives him a card, and yeah, like my my note is my question is these scenes are all the same, so why keep writing them? Like let literally. Gabby do anything else. Let her talk to another yeah, one of the and, women. And if you know if you haven't watched the episode, it's literally just another ep- like scene of Gabby just breathing and then Carlos being like, Remember when you cheated on me? And like just fight like wanting to fight about the affair and, and Gabby pretends like she has no legs to stand on and like but it's but just she like starts fucking with oh. him and's like yeah we did a lot of positions. Yeah and then Carlos What's the point of these scenes? Yeah. I just, I like Gabby, but I'm hating whatever that is going on. Like every scene with Carlos is the exact same scene. It's like, I liked it in the first episode because it was a funny back and forth. Yes. But now and, I'm like, done. they were both problematic, but it's been three episodes in a row. Um, it's too much. And then we cut to her coming home. Oh, Matthew was so out. Nervous. I wrote, do not fuck this boy. I literally was like, <laughs> he's hot. He has the same vibes as, as John Tucker. And they had him meet her and compliment the car. And I was like, I assumed she was going to try to fuck him. But that was it. That was it. And then it never came up again. No. So why was that there? I don't know. Maybe a deleted scene. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, shit, we, we need we need 60 more seconds in the episode. We don't have a book for season two, so we can't We know. don't. We have no fun trivia book like we used to. Uh, so yeah, like Matthew just comes up and is like, I like your car. And she's like, thanks. 
and then leaves. That's the most pointless scene. If I was editing that episode, I'd be like, we should cut this, right? Because nothing comes of it. Mm-hmm. And yet, I don't know. I like Matthew, I guess. I, yeah. it just, I was worried they were putting that in there to set up Gabby fucking him. Mm-hmm. And then literally nothing happened. So. But we cut to something so good. Julie. Julie. She's going to sing at church. Ugh. And like, Praise I don't know. Praise the Lord. I think it's nice that Julie's like getting to know Edie more. As like a more like, stepmother figure. Yeah, yeah. For when Susan and Edie fall in love and get married. Um, Julie's two moms. We okay. find we find out that Edie comes from a family of musicians. Partridge family queen. Yeah. Okay. But then Julie also is like her brother OD'd. What a weird yeah what a weird like trajectory of Edie backstory that julie dropped in this scene (laughs) um wild but they're singing yeah they're singing at the family follies and and susan's kind of shocked she's like why didn't you ask me and julie's like you don't play anything and she's like i used to play piano in the 80s and julie's (laughs) like okay uh weird but susan is doing a pretty bad job at hiding her disappointment for sure and then we cut to Matthew. Matthew. He just, he just wants to go out, play ball with the boys. Play a little ball. He wants to be a normal you boy. Know, he but wants to do the Sandlot movie, but in his real life. <laughs> but Betty thinks that like he's so charming that if he starts making friends. I think that's what she said, right? Yeah. Like If you start making friends, they're going to want to come hang out. And we can't have people over here poking in our business. Yeah. Um, and right as he's like, I just want to be a normal kid. Um, they open <laughs> the door and the man is out. Just fucking flies. Yes. You would think Jeff Melman directed this because this dude flies. Oh my God. Takes Matthew with him. <laughs> they fucking, he starts just beating the shit out of Matthew. Jesus they fight Christ. And the Betty while. fucking pistol whips him. Blood, with blood on the back of his head. Yeah. And we see his face a we little bit. We see his face a little bit. He's young and like this brings me to my next thing. And it's like, I don't think it's her husband unless they did a weird casting thing. Yeah, because... Yeah, like they, I think they were intentionally trying to hide his face, yeah. but he did look young. Do you want to hear my new theory? What's your new theory? So you're um, changing from husband. I'm changing from husband. I think it's like a secret son or something like that we're not supposed to know about. A third one or the one who died? I think the one who died's not dead. Okay. I think that was a lie. I think <laughs> he never died. I know. I feel like I can't read Betty. I feel like Alfred Woodard's a great liar because I can't tell yeah. what the vibes are. Okay. But that's an interesting theory. Yeah. I remember, like, when I was watching it, I texted it to you. I was like, I think I'm, I said, I'm worried it's her son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that it's, that seems more likely only because this guy's young. And yeah. if they did, and, yeah, like, and said, unless they did a really weird cast of Virgil being really young. But I didn't get Vir- that impression. Virgil being younger than Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't get that impression that it was it was yeah him. I don't know. But, yeah, like, Betty pistol whips him to knock him out. And then bad timing bad timing susan that's her name not gonna bad timing susan (laughs) she comes up she knocks on the door betty answers and susan wants piano lessons yeah and betty tries to be pretty pretty short with her and refuse and she puts her hand on her sweater her white sweater and when she takes it away there's blood there and detective Suze is like um what and Betty's like, um, it's, um, cherry pie. Leave me alone. Bye. <laughs> and then slams the door in Susan's face. And before we leave this scene, Matthew, I guess we cut back and Matthew's like leaning against the door. So maybe he, he carried the person yeah. downstairs, which wh- that person was 
a big dude. Mm-hmm. So like wild that Matthew is able to just scoop him up. But whatever. He's like leaning there and he's like, you need to stop being so mean to people because that then they'll suspect us. Yeah. And I agree because Susan is a little wary about Betty, I think, because Betty's being rude to her. Yeah. So Matthew was right. And I think that Betty agrees with him mm-hmm. as we see later in the episode. because She tries to be nicer. And then we cut to the office. The office. What's this place called? I don't even know. It's called uh scranton scranton paper company yep that's a dunder mifflin that's what it dunder, is dunder mifflin paper company uh, paper company that's where lynette works um and yeah and we get to see lynette interacting with her boss and nina Le- nina titties out fletcher as i call I know. her she's got a lacy top on today what why does Stu have a thing over his nose? Did he get hit in the last I episode and I, I missed know. it? I don't know. Because he had this... Did you, did you notice yeah. that? Like a huge fucking bandage on his face. And I couldn't remember if last episode something happened. Mm-hmm. That was just weird. I don't know. Well, yeah. And like speaking of Stu, like when Lynette gets into the office, she sees that Stu and like another guy are fucking with these cameras that they're supposed to be using for video conference calls. Yes. Um And... They're like, the resolution is amazing. And it's like 360p. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then Lynette goes to talk to Nina about trying to take Parker to Ugh. school because she goes, you know, the the meetings, like the first hour is always like really nothing. So like, would I be able to skip the first hour and go take my son to school? Yeah. Doesn't she have like, like vacation hours she can take? I think so. I mean, she just started the job. No, maybe. Um. So... Nina obviously is like, no, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfair to the people who are hashtag childless by choice. Jesus Christ. Yeah, she just sort of like yells a Lynette. There's, like, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, you're fine. I was just going to say, there's nothing wrong with wanting your new employee to be at work because they are your new employee. But you shouldn't shame them. You shouldn't the shame that, them. For yeah. That. Like, you could literally just be like, no, you've been here for three days. No. Yeah like that that if you were here for like a while like then maybe we could talk about it like maybe you could use a couple of vacation days but like you literally just started three days ago yeah so like that could have been that could have just been the reason why nina said no but no nina had to go on this monologue about like what about the people that that choose not to have kids i'm sure they would like some little little leeways in their life huh wouldn't they lynette like a really weird like I think she's mad she's that like, she doesn't have kids. I couldn't get a haircut in in three months. And Her blah, hair looks blah, fine. Blah. I know. Um, but essentially, like, Lynette is pissed, and she leaves, says a snarky comment where she's like, I'm sorry about your hair. I can see why you're upset. <laughs> and I like then, that. Um, she walks out of her office, sees Stu still fucking with the camera, and then she gets an idea ahead of her time yeah she's, she's gonna use zoom basically gonna get yeah, <laughs> facetime yeah. parker while he's at school which i thought was very ahead of his time mm-hmm. and i think i think that we cut to later that night where she's just telling parker the idea she's like hey parker yeah we're gonna like, only because i did not write that down but i did write tom and a henley yeah looking kind of hot Christ. so uh, clearly they we went home because that was my only note for that scene was that tom looked hot in a henley yeah i think every dude looks hot in a henley <laughs> i will say that i'll wear a henley uh next time we were you're gonna be the hottest boy on earth <laughs> if you wear a henley um and then we cut to gabby still watching john tucker john needs a restraining order or something and then 
a woman comes out of the house that he's trimming the bushes on. Is and she then he Milf or Gilf? What a lo- cougar? Cougar. Um, I might. Do you want to hear my notes for this? What's section? your notes? John Tucker is fucking a new woman. All caps. He shan't be. He is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Gabby is pissed, and Gabby sort of gets out of her car and runs over and gets on the front porch and like looks in the window, and I guess they're just fucking in the living room. I did not expect them to be fucking. I really? did. I didn't know. I didn't know. I was like, Ugh. he can't. It's gonna be a a, a red herring. Oh no! But no, he's he's They're fucking, fucking this woman. He's fucking this woman, Joan, who we Joan. find out later. <laughs> um, but Gabby's pissed, and we see that she storms off the porch, grabs the what do you, what do you call that? A saw? The chainsaw? Yeah, it's the just like tr- a little saw, like a bush a, trimmer. A, yeah, a hedge trimmer that um he was using, and then we cut away. Right, so we don't see what she does until a moment later when. John is making out with this woman. He's leaving and they're just making out the front door. He just wants to get caught, I think. Yeah. Um, and then he looks out in horror to see that someone has completely destroyed all of the hedges, just mm-hmm. ripped them apart. Wonder who that could have been. Jesus. And then we cut to Tilly. Tilly, I missed, I missed her. her. Um, so Mike brought her flowers. She's kind of beat up. She's still got a black eye and Mm -hmm. everything. And we find out that she's going to go back to Utah for a few weeks because Zach hasn't been caught. Mm -hmm. And Mike was like, actually, that's why I'm over here. Uh, because he hasn't been caught and I'm looking for him. Did he have any friends? Until he's like, Zach was a loser. Of course not. (laughs) A fucking (laughs) loser baby. Why would he have any friends, (laughs) Michael? And, you know, she's like, he's probably just trying to find his dad. Mm -hmm. Like... And she's like, but I'm sure you made sure he could never do that. And Mike admits to her that he let Paul live. And she's like, that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, Because Zach is his, like, Paul's only connection to Mary Alice. And then Tilly says uh, a very uh, cool line that's like, I don't like to be negative, but you really should have killed him. (laughs) That, That delivery was great. It was Oh, you can see the hoobs jump out. Oh, the hoobs leapt out. <laughs> I miss Tilly. I don't want her to go back to Utah. I want her to stay. Yeah. I like her. I like Detective Tills. And then we cut to Bree, Andrew. Give it to me. And Danielle. Yes. Give me a five. Watch you me got, forget next episode. You got Danielle's name right. Um, I'm so proud of you. It's taken how many episodes of this podcast? <laughs> they're on like we're on like 30 something I well think. i i i uh she's not been in all road. of them she's you not know, been in all of them road. so um basically brie tells the children that rex got dug up they did an autopsy and that she's a suspect and the kids are like oh what danielle starts going off on brie oh bitch I, yeah <laughs> sorry i said oh bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh bitch um yeah no danielle's like well, you probably could have killed him because remember that night you didn't drive him to the hospital when he was having a heart attack? And I wrote, if Danielle, of all people, is who gets Brie arrested, <laughs> I will lose my mind. If I Danielle really- has no storylines and then comes out of nowhere <laughs> to just be like, oh, yeah, she let him. She didn't do this. And the cops arrest Brie. I wrote Brie shut up. Or not Brie. I wrote Danielle shut up challenge. <laughs> Danielle shut the fuck up challenge. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to be so mean danielle but please be quiet oh god but then andrew says no you're not capable of murder and brie's like oh thanks and he goes no that wasn't a compliment <laughs> you don't got it the takes guts. guts to kill somebody like i did <laughs> and like miss myers died. <laughs> i forgot that he killed someone he fucking killed a person like I- 
Have he ever, has he as a young man ever well, I mean, unpacked like, the fact that he killed somebody basically i mean no, well he didn't technically kill he her basically killed her he put her in a coma for like three months and then she, and then fell she died down the stairs. From, yeah i guess but she so wouldn't technically she wouldn't be in that coma if he hadn't <laughs> hit her with a car if he wasn't drunk driving at age 12 however fucking old andrew is so um yeah when he said it takes guts to kill somebody i was like like you little my little gay son i do love my little evil gay son i do he's a demon and i love him (laughs) i love my little twonk son um and then we cut to betty and susan susan's getting her piano lessons susan actually plays well i don't i thought it'd be a bit but susan actually is good at playing piano uh but betty seems pretty clearly anxious i'm assuming like she's thinking like if the basement guy comes out again then like it's over like if if susan gets eyes on whoever's in the basement they're fucked so she's kind of anxious but then some loud hip-hop music starts playing from downstairs and yeah. susan's like the way she went your son likes to play his hip-hop music really loud huh <laughs> and just maybe die yeah yeah but then we cut to the basement matthew's installing new locks on the basement door yeah, and that's he- why he's he's drowning out the sound of the drill yeah and then we cut to Edie's house. It's a beautiful house. It's a great inside. house. Susan storms in and is like, ah, I knocked, but nobody answered. Um, <laughs> and comes in. And uh, I just also want to nominate Le- Edie for lesbian of the episode again. Oh, I didn't know you nominated her before. Uh, roller skates. Oh, episode. you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I think you meant this episode. No, no, no. I just meant like in general, oh, like okay. two in a row. Um, but I would like to, to nominate officially i got oh the ring and everything oh. for lesbian of the episode just playing her guitar yeah. vibing. do you have another nominee later? i don't think i have another nominee i was so bad at paying attention to lesbians this episode here's what i'm i have a theory okay it, it's been hard i feel like this season to um except for last episode but so far i feel like yeah. it's been a little harder finding lesbian of the episode nominees yeah. because the women are are not interacting with, with any other characters any other characters <laughs> but they're not even interacting with like the other women yeah i mean i could also see nina later maybe being a nominee because nina's kind of bitchy yeah i don't know um i don't know if i have another nominee surely we can't do Edie twice in a row i mean can we not a whole season of just Edie is lesbian <laughs> the episode i think i wrote at some point like Edie every other episode um but we can wait till the end yeah and we'll yeah, yeah. actually remember this we'll, time we'll nominate we'll um, nominate Edie right here i wrote because susan walks in and is like can i join your little your little song and i went julie and her two moms yeah. i would love that if they all did it but then susan or Edie is like i don't do trios yeah which um, is shocking because you would think she would love a menage a trois. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Oh my god! I start crying. Oh, I'm a <laughs> king of comedy. I start crying because I don't understand. You don't speak French? No. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Is it German? Yeah. Where the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> come from? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. So th- it's basically a scene of Susan and Edie fighting a little bit where Susan is like, but it's a family talent show and you're not family. And Edie's like, but I have talent. Um, <laughs> Literally. And and they sort of do that like kind of scene where it's like, um, 
you put a dog in between you and yeah. you're like, come to me. Boop, boop, boop. Come here, come here, <laughs> come here. And the two people fight. They do that, but with a person. They and do that like, with Julie. Obviously, Julie picks her mom. Yeah, but she's even like, you both suck for making me do this. Yeah. Like, it's very immature that they put Julie in the middle of it. Yeah. I just think it's very... Yeah, just immature that they like they could have kept it between themselves. Susan also could have been mature and not have even done this in front of Julie. Yeah, she but no, she waited. did it in front of Julie and she put Julie in the middle of it, which I think is just a shitty thing to do to your kid. Mm-hmm. Susan uh, was not my favorite this episode. I was sad because you know Su- Susan was my favorite last season. Yes, this is the first episode I did not like her. <gasps> I'm scared. <laughs> You're scared she's gonna get annoying to you. I'm scared, I because I know what people like say think her, and yeah. say, and so like I'm I'm just I like mean, worried. At the end of the episode, when she got her shit together, I liked her. But for most of the episode, I did find her annoying for sure, just because she was being immature and kind of mean to Edie. And yeah. I I'm an Edie stan, so that yeah. also helps influence how I feel. <sighs> but then we cut to Joan. Uh, no, we don't cut to Joan. We cut to John Tucker storming up to Gabby's house. And, sorry, Mrs. Solis's house. Mrs. Solis's house. And he's like, why did you do that to Joan? And she's like, why are you fucking that woman? He calls her by her first name. Yeah, but he still calls her Mrs. Solis. Why does he call Gabby Mrs. Solis but calls Joan Joan? I do not know. I'm scared. <laughs> but we find out that, like... She's 41. We find out that he still uses the phrasing doing it. Um, and then, Important information. Um, Gabby essentially comes to a realization like, oh my God, how could I have still imagined a life with you? Yeah. This is another scene that I feel like we've had nine times. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's another scene of them fighting about if they want to be together and then deciding they don't want to be together, which well, we've seen actually, so much. I I disagree a little bit. Okay, I, I think that the end of her being like, oh God, what have I been doing? I think that is new. Yeah. I think it's always been like, we can't be together, like whatever, but I'm still going to like lust after you a bit. I think this is the first time and I hope it stays this way. This Please. is the first time that Gabby Solis has been like, what the fuck have I been doing? Well, when she said, I almost left my husband for someone yeah. who calls me Mrs. Solis. Yes. I scream. That's what I'm saying. I think she's like actually understanding. Yeah, that might be what's different about it. And I hope that this is this is the end. Like, mm-hmm. now that I don't, you know, if anyone's a John stan, I don't not like John as a character. I just wish he had something else to do. I, I am t- I'm ready for Gabby and John's story to be done and for John to do other things and for Gabby to do other things. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm ready for it to be done. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if the end is in sight. I hope it is. Who knows? But like, yeah. Cause I, I, I do like Gabby. So then we see Brie and the kids are visiting the investigator and she is submitting herself to do a lie detector test. Yeah. The only stipulation is that her kids have to watch. And he's like, yeah, we can do that. And so she goes in they ask, like, did you kill your husband? No, it's fine. Uh, like, do you love your husband? Yes, it's fine. Uh, do you, uh, did you have a, or were you, were you separated with your husband at some point in time? Yes. Yeah. Did you have a relationship with George? And she's like, oh, uh, what? She's uh, like, why is that pertinent to the conversation? And then the, the investigator's like, if you're not going to answer our questions, you're not going to be any help. Yeah. The and way he was just like waiting outside the door with a cup. <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> Ready to come in. Yeah. And, and and so she's like, fine. And and 
he starts asking about George and I wrote Danielle asking who George is because she's never around. Danielle's been gone for so long. She turns to Andrew and goes, who's George? And he's like, our pharmacist. Yeah. And then they ask. So she says yes to being in a relationship, having like a relationship relationship with with him. Cause yeah. Yeah. And then they ask, do you love him? And then she says no. And it says that she's lying, which one you can have platonic love. Yes. Two, lie detectors are shaky and don't work. So if you're just like a nervous person or if you're nervous to take a lie detec- detector and test. And that's a shocking question gonna, to be asked. Work. Yeah, like she's shocked at that question. So like they ask her twice and she says no and it comes up as a lie. The kids are shocked as is Brie. I'm just so worried for Brie. Like I'm very worried for what's going to happen with her. But at least she... They think she, she, they know theoretically that she didn't, she kill, didn't him. kill him. But as we see, there's a little bit more to it later. But before yeah. we see that, we see that, um, a scene I actually really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Susan is approaching Betty. They're going to go do their lesson. And Carl, <laughs> like, honk, honk, like pulls up and gets out of the car and is like, I need to speak with you, Susan. Yeah. And I loved Betty in the background of this whole scene, just being like, I, this is none of my business. Yeah. But Carl, and I'm going to tell you, Liz, I don't know what's going on today. I Who thought are you? Tom was hot for some reason. And I agreed with Carl in this like whole scene. I agreed with Carl. So did I. Because like he was like, you're pushing Edie out because you're feeling weird about her when she's like the person I'm dating. And then Susan was like, it's for family. And then Carl says a very valid thing. He's like, Mike gets to be around julie like your ex-con boyfriend yeah. and even though we love mike he was convicted of manslaughter there was there was a very funny line where he's like he's he's been convicted of murder and she goes um it was manslaughter yeah like but you know what i mean like yeah that's somebody that you that that's a, that's a scary thing to have around your kid i guess if you mm-hmm. don't know mike but like he's like mike gets to come to the family occasions mike gets to be a part of the family and i'm okay with that i don't get mad about that anymore and like so how come when Edie is a part of the family it's a problem because she genuinely might be family one day, like insinuating that he might marry her ma- yeah. one day. And I think he's serious. Mm-hmm. I think he's genuinely just like, and, it, and I agree with Carl. It's unfair that Mike gets to be family. Yes. and Edie doesn't. So I, I just, he's like, Edie cares about Julie and, and Susan keeps trying to be like, she only wants to do it to fuck with me. And he's like, or she cares about me and my daughter mm-hmm. and really wanted to do it. Edie spinoff. Edie spinoff. I don't know. I just, I thought Carl was really valid here and I really sided with him and I agreed with him. Yeah. I don't know. And then he kind of yells at the end because when she's like, she just wants to fuck with me. Edie's doing it to mess with me. Me, 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 me. And he's like, you're so self-absorbed. Yeah. That you would think that Edie is not just trying to care about the man she's in love with and his daughter and get out mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I wrote i promise this isn't anti-susan propaganda but she's been annoying yeah i don't want to like shit before, on your favorite character but yeah no i mean i said this at the end of season one yeah i don't know how my feelings towards characters are going to develop because yeah i've only seen season one of this show yeah um i am scared <laughs> but i i mean like if, she got better if, at the end for me yeah i i'm not gonna like be upset if like we find her annoying or anything. I think I think that's perfectly fine because I think she also has been annoying. She's been a rude. She's been rude, but like, I still like I still yeah. like Susan. She's just annoying me a little bit. Yeah. And then we cut to Lynette having two dates to prom. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she has to juggle like being in the meeting and trying to go back and see Parker. Mm-hmm. It's not really working out. No. And uh, while she's in the meeting, like Nina takes a sip of really hot coffee and puts it down on an angle. And Lynette is like, if I spill that boiling hot cup of coffee on her then i can just talk to my kid and so she just starts banging on the table until it spills over i love those numbers or whatever nina has to have first degree burns from oh absolutely have you ever had first degree burns no i have i was they awful yes i was living at home um i was getting ready to go to work for the day and i was eating just like instant ramen uh, and I had just made the instant ramen on the stove and I was sitting down with the bowl and my dog tripped me and I <gasps> spilled it all over my thigh oh and my, my foot God. and I could not go into work that oh day my because God. it hurt so bad. Yeah. She, and we see later cause she has ice packs, she has on, ice packs on, which I don't know if that's even the best thing to do for burns. I, she probably get fucked up. Mm-hmm. Also, can I say what made me laugh is the shot, the close-ups of the coffee. Nina's boobs were still in the background of these close-ups yeah. of coffee. I thought it was just stupid and funny. Also, first-degree burns are the lowest-stake burns. Yeah, for sure. Unless a medical, pro- I'm getting this wrong, and a medical professional can tell me otherwise. I think it is. But I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, it's just like surface level because obviously, like I don't have any scarring or anything. Yeah, but it, it was just red and like it just a motherfucker hurt. Yeah, and so she has hot coffee all over her. But Lynette's happy because we see that Lynette goes back and she is able to talk to Parker. Mm-hmm. He looks really cute. Yeah. I thought he was a little hair little pushed hat. back. Yeah. He was cute. Um, yeah. So she seems pretty happy. And yeah, that's when, when she's done saying goodbye to Parker, that's when we see that Nina is out just yelling at everybody with ice packs all over her legs. And yeah. I feel pa- I mean, like, I don't think Nina's a good person, but she didn't deserve, she to didn't deserve that burned. Like, like that was, a little fucked up, Lynette. No. You could just give Parker a video camera and like have him show you around. Um, and yeah, I know and it's also not the like, same, but still, I know he's sad about it. But he's also five years old, and in the long run of his life, you will be there for so many other moments. Yeah. And it would have been okay if you just missed today. Yeah, that's just my opinion. But I know that that wouldn't be as dramatic or exciting or a TV show. Yeah, but in the end, you know, in the long run, this first day of school wasn't gonna matter to yeah. him. But that's just me. And then we cut to Bree seeing George at the pharmacy. Yeah. She flat out is like, the police need you to come do a thing. Yeah. I need you to take a poly so- to prove that uh, you didn't help me kill my husband. She says it flat out. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what? And then they start talking like this. By the greeting yeah. cards. Yeah. And um, she's just basically like, I need you to t- do this for me because like I didn't kill my husband and you obviously didn't help me do it. Um, and Obviously. The way she's talking and the way that, like, George exits the scene, and there's, like, a little Mary Alice, like, voiceover here where he's, like, oh, like, if I do this, we can move forward. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's his thought process behind it. And, and he's this. really excited because she does tell him, like, he's, like, what's go Like, why do they think I'm involved? And mm-hmm. she's, like, well, they asked yeah. me if I love you. And he's, like, what did you say? And she went, I said no. And, and he looked like, sad. But then she went, but... <laughs> The test determined that was a lie. And then he looks really excited. He looks very excited. And I can't believe George is going to propose in two to three episodes. Um, Oh, God. George, go away challenge. Literally. But then we cut to church. Church. These dresses on these girls that are leaving stage. Fit watch. Wild fit Um, watch. Susan uh, goes up with Julie. And she's looking at Edie. 
and carl and edie giving a little thumbs up was really cute them being really excited for julie and then uh susan's like actually give me a second give me a second feel free to pray and she goes (laughs) she goes up to uh edie and is like i'm sorry like julie should come first and Mm -hmm. i am a julie stand first and a A human human second second. yeah um but i I like that she apologized Mm -hmm. me too i thought this was good I like that she apologized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Susan, no, Edie was like, yeah, you uh, apologized after I didn't bring my guitar. Huh? Mm-hmm. Funny. Good thing I also play piano. Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't totally true, but. Yeah. Because they- what happens is Susan's like, okay, I guess. And then uh, we cut to Aunt Edie and Aunt Julie. Aunt Edie. <laughs> I love that. Performing. And Eek isn't really good at sight reading, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's, she's playing chords that exist. But she doesn't seem to be able to play it live with no practice. I just feel like it was like the same joke as the karaoke. And I didn't really enjoy this I just this want joke. her to be good. I just because be good. I do like Edie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I did. Lo- you, we talked about it earlier when she was like, "What? There's like 90 flats in this yeah. thing." That was that was funny. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, I wrote Nicolette Sheridan is so freaking funny. Yeah. And then Jesus, we have to go to this scene. Um, we cut to Gabby and Carlos. Uh, I'll talk about it. Uh, it. <laughs> Evelyn Goria is doing a great job. She, scene. yeah, yeah. I was there. She was like, "I want to act." Okay. Yeah. And the writers were like, "All right." But the scene is her apologizing. Which I hate. I did not enjoy it. Um, She sincerely apologizes for having an affair. She feels very bad about it. And she wants to, like, repair her relationship with Carlos. And my note is, okay, Carlos, now apologize for switching out her birth control. Literally. Like, Um, I would have liked this. That does not happen. I would have liked that scene more if Carlos also apologized. But, like, the show is framing it as if Gabby was the only one who did bad in their relationship. I know. Which is mind-boggling to me because... Yeah, he got her pregnant against her wishes by tampering with her medication, which is probably a felony. He, like, lied to her. He, like, gaslit her when she confronted him about the Mm -hmm. medication. He's physically hurt her on multiple occasions. I just, I do not like this couple at all. And it just, I would have even enjoyed the scene more if, if when she apologized, he was like, you know what? And I'm really sorry that I... I did this to you and that I'm starting our family out like the, the life yeah. that we were trying to build a family we're trying to have with lying like I'm so sorry like I, if he would have apologized because, I would have liked it because like he says this, uh, a line that says this is the greatest anniversary gift you could have ever given me and then she kind of looks at her stomach and is like this is the greatest one you ever could have given me I right? missed that or I don't know if she looks at her stomach she does but she her stomach says, earlier with John they're she, bringing that up a lot more now she said like she does say this is the greatest anniversary gift you could have given me. And I took it as her insinuating about the baby. That might be wrong. I want no, to no, say no. that. No, no, you no, might like, be it, right. It might be wrong. That's so weird that they made Gabby do this weird, this weird heel turn and like want a baby all of a sudden. I don't know. But like I said, I could be wrong. And they I, are. I was taking notes. No, so you're like, fine. I, I, I missed that too. I want to go back and see. Because they are bringing the baby up more because we didn't say earlier, but in the earlier scene with John, she like grabs she, her stomach yeah. and he's like, is it the baby? And she's like, no, it's just me. And I don't think that's even true. I think it might be the baby is yeah. making her a little bit more fatigued. Um, so they are starting to bring the fact that she's pregnant a little bit more to the forefront um, because she's not really showing right now. Yeah. So maybe she'll start showing more. Maybe. Yeah. 
Um, and then we get our little ending, uh, Mary Alice monologue about like make believe. Yeah, the different ways people play make believe in their lives. Um, Lynette's like looking at a picture of Parker. Uh, Betty made her son in the basement a nice bread bowl. Uh, <laughs> Classic. And, and then we cut to George taking the lie detector oh, test. Oh God. And you remember how I said lie detector tests don't do shit? No. Well, you can tell in this scene because he says he didn't kill Rex and he yeah. passes. Because yeah. it's it's all it's all about lying to yourself. Once you start lying to yourself, you can make other people believe that lie. And he does this diabolical little fucking smile yeah. as the music swells and the episode ends. I'm, He's gonna propose in two to three episodes. He does move very fast. I next episode. I'm worried. But I'm also excited to watch more. So am I, yeah. I want to know where this is going to go. Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, so thanks for listening to this episode yeah, thank of you. Wisteria Gaze. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Wisteria Gaze or on Instagram at Wisteria Gaze underscore. Where we're close to 200 followers, dude. Ooh. We're like, Insta- our Instagram we're fam famous. is, <laughs> we're famous <laughs> on Instagram. Um, and you can also find us on our website at what? Nope. <laughs> com. Um, and on that website, we have some beautiful merch. Tasty merch. Um, get some, get a, get a, get a Fairview High Abstinence Club for your mom for Christmas. Yeah. Or a I Killed Martha Hoover pillow for your grandma. Yeah. Just like, just think about it as gifts. Gifts. Yeah. I mean, the holidays are coming around. I think that we're going to hopefully be able to have some, some sales, mm-hmm. some percent off things that are happening through Threadless. So it'll be yeah. a perfect time to get yourself a Wisteria Gays t-shirt hell yeah and we're hopefully gonna have some new designs up there soon yeah soon um and if you want to find us personally i'm liz you can find me on any form of social media at the pigeon wizard and my name is Mackenzie, and you can find me uh at Mackenzie wilkes um and in the beginning of our episode we talked a little bit about our patreon yes. if you want to be a patron we have a, a couple different tiers the lowest one starting at two dollars yeah for our stay juicy tier yeah um and you can get some great access to like our show notes you can get a great shout out at the end of the podcast which we're just about to do and some other things too like a video postcard that is gonna be bonkers yes it's already out at this point oh probably yeah yeah um and so we would like to shout out our patrons. I want to give a little tasty, juicy shout out Whoa. to Lisa, Talia, Tom, and Annie. You're all so incredible. Truly. We love you so much. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, you are the absolute best. You keep us juicy. You keep us juicy and young. Uh, you keep <laughs> us juicy and young. Um, Mwah. Mwah. You know what else I love? What else do you love? I not only love our website, our personal social medias, and our Patreon. I love reviews. Oh, shit. Me too. Reviews are great. They help people find the podcast, believe it or not. Uh, And they just make our day. We love reading them. We love reading them. And at the end of every episode, we pose a question to just help the to get the review juices flowing. You never have to answer these questions. They're fully optional. Uh, Last week was what? was last week why we hate danny fenton oh yeah that was his name right something like that yeah a character who i do not remember already danny farrell i was thinking about danny phantom yeah it's danny farrell Um, you're right you're right you're right this week i think should be which song are you singing at the churches the the undisclosed name church family follies Ooh, what are you singing i think that 
I am doing a full recreation of Cher's number in burlesque where I am Cher (laughs) and all the women on Wisteria Lane. Like, you know, um, Edie has to do it on crutches right now because, you know, she's in a cast. But like Brie even agreed to do it. Um, You know, Susan, Gabby, all of them are all playing the kind of dancers that dance around me while I sing Cher's part in Cher's voice. Yeah. Um, I am going to play down with the sickness on the drums. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we stand a good chance of winning. Either yeah, one of us, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 talent show family follies. So do I. Hell yeah. Um. So when you leave your review, uh, let us know what your talent is for the for the talent show, the family talent show. Family follies, baby. Um. Other than that, I think there's only a f- two things left to say. I think it's just two things. Um. The first being Mackenzie, I love you. <gasps> I love you. And to everyone else out there, stay juicy. Stay on juicy.